Welcome to the Film of Steins, the podcast where we discuss all things movies. Join us as we dive deep into the latest releases, revisit classic films, and explore the art of cinema. Whether you're a film fanatic or just love a good flick, we've got you covered. From Hollywood blockbusters to indie gems, we'll be breaking down the storytelling, cinematography, and everything in between. So grab some popcorn, sit back, and get ready for some cinematic magic. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to our Patreon at patreon.com slash We offer tiers at the $1, $5, and $20 level, where the $5 tier grants the ability to request films for future episodes. This is the Film of Steins, where movies are more than just entertainment, they're an experience. They're an experience. All around you. And welcome back to another episode of the greatest podcast in the world, the Film of Steins. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Where are we going? To the movies. I like that. You like that? You can join us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for new and great episodes of the Film of Steins on your favorite movies, including Draws, Evil Dead Rise, Dunkirk, Teenage Kraken, Little Mermaid, Barbie, Barbie, of course. Lots of great episodes coming every single week to you guys. Go listen to them. Thank you for listening to all those and supporting us where you can. Donate a dollar if you care about us. I'm joined today by my explosive friend, Lucy. Hello, everyone. Hello, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> and today we're talking about the huge new movie, Oppenheimer. Been out for a couple weeks now. You may have heard of it. This is one of those movies I was looking forward to, as you may remember. Yes. Probably, probably second on my most anticipated list. I don't love Christopher Nolan, as I may have made clear in the Dunkirk episode, but he's... One of these directors, much like Greta Gerwig, actually, funny enough, that we have these, you know, these huge films kind of come out on top of each other. Yeah, didn't they call it the Barbieheimer weekend? Yeah. Something something was trending. Yeah, which is is a fun marketing thing, I guess, but it is a little tone deaf in that Oppenheimer kind of takes the stage in this, in this way that it talks about one of the sickest, as in disgusting, things ever created by humanity. And it pairs it with... Barbie. Barbie. <laughs> so like, I, uh, I get the kind of controversy, actually, I guess, behind people using that. But it, it's a whatever marketing point, I guess, you know. But I guess that mostly <laughs> might offend people in Japan. <laughs> but... <laughs> which is not funny, but I mean... Yeah, it's what is what is what it is. Well, if we're not gonna cry, we gotta laugh, you know. That's true. That's true. Said so this film was directed by Christopher Nolan, so it comes with some baggage, and that we have a funny timeline thing again going on here. It's done much better this time around versus Dunkirk, right? Yeah. It it suffers from a similar thing in that we go back and forth, and it's kind of it's not really hard to tell, but it. The length of the actual film starts to confuse me in the way that I don't understand exactly what this movie is trying to tell me at points. And after everything is said and done, we are, you know, we're left with it, the uh, conspiracy being the, the what's in the spotlight here. But I thought we were going to get walking into this. I thought we were going to get a little bit more of a character study of Oppenheimer. And we left with a institutional study of how things came to be and ended. and where they where they ended up and that's that's great and all that's nothing wrong with that 
And it's funny too, because I, I guess I, just, I will say I have a special spot for Oppenheimer. Not that I have a, I don't have like a fanboy spot. That'd be kind of weird to have a fanboy spot, right, for him. But I, uh, he's he was an early inspiration for me to get into physics and mathematics when I was in high school. Just reading about the Manhattan Project and the urgency to be able to take control of the world, basically, was was just cool to read about when I was little. That's cool. I didn't know that. I didn't know that was an inspiration there. Yeah, he was probably the first physicist I was real into. Didn't realize how, I don't know how I missed it. Didn't guess I didn't realize it was that big of a deal. <laughs> I didn't realize how, you know, based off the movie at least, didn't realize how controversial he was and and that they thought he was a communist. But I guess they also thought anyone who was kind of intellectually powerful was a potential threat to the United States. Because I know um, Einstein went through some of that too. Yeah. And, you know... You're you were probably way more interested in the science of it than the yeah. politics of it anyway. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. it makes sense. Like, oh, they thought he was a communist. All right, cool, cool. But what about this? <laughs> so makes sense. Yeah. Well, this this is not by just me and probably you to some degree. I'm not sure, but this was a this is probably the most anticipated movie of the year, just on the the the, the stage of film, because Christopher Nolan is you know he's Christopher Nolan. People tend to think he's great. Uh, I, I, that that's not me. I guess. Yeah. You say Christopher Nolan. I'm like, all right, all right, cool. Who's that? Hey, cool. like, who's that? <laughs> you know, uh, that doesn't impress me. Your name doesn't impress me. Maybe I'm not there with him. And you know, the little bits we've, the little bit of films we've seen by him haven't impressed me yeah not like people talk about him at least i'm with you the only film that really speaks to me that he's made that i've seen is interstellar there's only two directors who demand my butt in a seat at all at at all costs and that's ari aster and uh robert egger yeah all these films suck all his films suck you haven't seen most of them no (laughs) but the ones i've seen suck which ones have you seen well, I guess I didn't finish Tenant. Tenant or Tenant? NT? Tenant? Tenant, like the tenant of a house. Tenant. Or of an apartment. T E N E T? Yeah. Tenant. That one put me to sleep. I, I yeah. swear to you. I swear to you. I tried my hardest to keep my eyes open. <laughs> I did. And I just couldn't. Oh my God. Was it boring? Interstellar was good, but it's been a while since I've seen it. So I can't really tell you here interstellar is awesome i will it's undeniably awesome except the end of course the end the end oh that end the dark knight rises all right okay we're that's just an okay there probably the only batman movie i've seen the dark knight rises you haven't seen the dark you haven't seen the joker one wait that's the one i've seen oh, okay you haven't seen I, I'm not sure which one's which to be I've honest. I've seen the one with the Joker. Okay. So that's not the that's not that one. That's not Christopher Nolan. No, that's Christopher Nolan. He he's the Batman: The Beginning, I think. Back Batman. You have Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight Rises. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, The Dark Knight, the middle one is the Joker one. Okay, that's the one I've seen. Okay. And that one was okay. 
It was just okay. I'm surprised you didn't love that film. I only love the Joker bits. Not the whole film. Yeah. But then they gave me the Joker with uh, our boy here. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin, yeah. Phoenix Wa- uh, Joaquin Phoenix is a person that will get me in a seat, too. Yeah, so I, I no longer cared for the Dark Knight. Like, all right, I got yeah. what I needed. <laughs> yeah, I will. I guess I haven't seen it in a while, too. But the, the cop bits in the Dark Knight, the Batman films are not very good, if I remember correctly. But, of course, yeah, Heath Ledger's Joker is legendary. It's, it is kind of cool that we have... Whether you, I know you may not feel that way, but a lot of people do that we, but we, and equally so with Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, we, we have these two performances of the Joker that are just totally revered in every way possible. It's, it's very cool that it's like the Joker, you know, what else, what other character we have, do we have that? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. fun. Yeah. I mean, Christopher Nolan, I think is a mixed bag. I, I think his films and like I think the granular part of his films are also a mixed bag. I think he's a master filmmaker, but he just makes a lot of films I don't really care for. Kind of like uh, I think David Lynch probably is fits in that realm for a lot of people. I think David Lynch is a master filmmaker, but I can see people not liking his films. And I would I want to say the same thing about like someone like Steven Spielberg, but I think Steven Spielberg after the turn of the century has really just fallen from grace. I think he makes a lot of just garbage. Like Catch Me If You Can and BFG and West Side Story and and Fablemans, I think is probably his best film in the last twenty years. But I do think Christopher Nolan kind of demands eyes to a to a degree of like he knows what he's doing at the very least, at the very least. All right, dude knows how to budget. Cool. He knows how to budget. I I guess I thought he made expensive films. I I thought I don't know. But I don't I'm know not, if that was a thing. I don't know now. Thought. Yeah, I thought that was part of the controversy between him and Warner Brothers, but that may, I guess, have been a creative control thing, like it is with a lot of people who make movies. All right, I'll 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 trash on him after I see his whole filmography. Yeah, I'm gonna trash I'll on wait. it. I'll when wait after at each stop. Okay. Yeah. All right. When oh. we rank all of Christopher Nolan's films. Although you know we're about to talk this, we're about to talk about this one, and you know I I liked it. Sure. Yeah. No. I. So. I think this is a great film. I think this is. I. I think this is. I. 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 I think this is a great film. I'll take back half of my trash talk. Yeah. Well, you you, you just trash talk it when, it, like, I mean, I don't. I've never seen. I think insomnia. As I see it. As you see it, you know, <laughs> okay. calls him as he sees him. You know. Calls him as he sees him. Got him. I'm not gonna lie. Batman Begins. I haven't seen it, and you know, since it came out, Batman Begins kind of sucks. You know, and I like Dark Knight, Dark Dark Knight, and Dark Knight Rises, but Batman Begins, mm, <laughs> I'm not sold on. And to be honest, I think Robert Pattinson might be a better Batman. Ooh. And so I don't know. You know, I'm, it's, I'm there with you. And I have never seen Memento, or and I think that's one of his people look at as like one of his great films. That I think it's that Memento, Dark Knight, the middle one, Interstellar. And Dunkirk, and now Oppenheimer is in that group. I think that's like the ones. What about Inception? No, I don't think Inception is usually thrown in there. Oh, okay. That's just my mom's favorite. Got you. Yeah, she's a sucker for Inception. Okay. I want to see Inception. I just it's long as fuck, and it's hard to commit to that, you know. But yes, especially because it's it's old. It's I mean it's not old, but it's like older now, and the premise is kind of stupid. 
the dream within the dream within the dream thing and you know at the very end is he even in a dream still yeah. i'm just like i don't i could not give a fuck less i'm sorry it's just it's just not working for me the, the i don't i guess i don't know the actual premise <laughs> what this, the plot is about but just yeah. the whole concept of being within a dream within a dream within a dream is just so ugh to me but what did you think about oppenheimer there's a lot there's a lot here i liked it a lot good i'm glad to hear that liked how a lot it was yeah i really did i did too it's a lot i mean i guess just from like a i know you empathize with me on this but just sitting in one place we saw this at the theaters but sitting in one place and not being able to pause and no subtitles it's gives me a little bit of anxiety yes agreed but i didn't feel it here that's good i didn't feel maybe i felt it like 15 minutes before the film was about to end and then i'm like oh it's 15 minutes all right cool and then it was immediately gone but i i i liked a lot of things about this film i liked you know that it had science it had drama it was a very serious film which i don't typically like very serious films they have to be really good in order for me to like them and they have to be very well paced they can't be too slow because you know i'm a child and great performances yeah and great performances i mean we've talked about before that they go kind of unsung and underappreciated great perform just actors in general Mm -hmm. we we know we all love joaquin phoenix and whatnot and stuff but you know acting is definitely underappreciated so it and it helps drive yes a, a long film especially and a dramatic film I like that we have explosions. We have smart dudes, you know, smart dude people. You gotta love smart fucking dudes here, especially when they don't make them characters. You know, like cartoon characters. I was really worried about Einstein being just, you know, whatever. You know, just how you kind of think of Einstein and on, like, in your fucking school where there's a poster of him saying some stupid quote with his tongue sticking out. It's like. Where's the respect? You know, we trivialize these people and they become fucking memes. I know. Is it funny? It might be, but... Oh, it's it's cringe, really. But I think they handled Einstein beautifully here. They made him a little chubby. Love it. They made him old. They made him... You know, this is where, you know, they... Where Christopher Nolan kind of shines and obscuring sound and stuff. He has a very thick Austrian-German kind of thing going on in his voice. Mm -hmm. Love it. Yeah, no. The, then you know you 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 give me all this, and then you know you you make me cry because <gasps> I teared, I cried, <gasps> I teared up, I did. And then you give me a fucking panic attack. You give me an anxiety attack. I walk out of there with just feeling, you know, having an existential crisis and just feeling like a shitty person for even being in this country. Like, oh my god! But then sympathizing because of all above all i consider myself someone who likes science and is scientifically minded i guess if you want to put it that way so we had to do this you know for science right on some level sure just like going to mars you know it's like to by by what means do we get there by but yeah, so now I'm confused because I want it to happen, but I didn't want all these people to die. And oh my God, it was it was awesome. And then you have this cast who's a lot too. You have 
Robert Downey Jr. You have Matt Damon. You have Josh Peck of all people. Okay, cool. And then we had uh one of the Wolf Brothers. Which one was him? Which one? For a split second, Alex. Alex. If 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 he's acting, it's probably Alex. Because <laughs> the only one, the other one's only been in that Netflix show, I think. Right, Nate. Yeah, we have Alex Wolf, uh, Emily Blunt. I mean, what? Florence cool. Pugh. Florence Pugh. Yes. Only one we I think we had uh Ben Affleck's brother too, Casey oh my Affleck. Gosh. <laughs> we were missing Ben. Where's Ben at? <laughs> I'm glad um award winning director Ben Affleck was not in this film. Same, same. <laughs> but Matt I, Matt I, was a little much, to be honest. Who? But Matt Damon. I I think this was his best movie here. Well, oh, I was gonna no, say I did, I did like him in this role because he he plays that kind of funny guy, yeah. and he plays he played a good general. I bet mean, I was a little iffy with him at the beginning. Yeah, and not only do you give me all this, you give it to me in three hours, which I was you know I was hesitant about, but oh my god, it was it was great, it was great. What do you think about our main character's performance? How do you say his name? Cillian, <laughs> Cillian Murphy. Yeah, they're British. Cillian and and um Christopher Nolan. Uh-huh. So they say Killian. Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna here. I'm just gonna have to stop them right now. That's not how you say that name. <laughs> Cillian Murphy. If you're gonna say Killian Killian, is that it? Yeah, that's what he said. Uh can you make it with a fucking K? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Fucking British people. Uh, fucking British people. No, I think he did a great job. I, I, I think everyone here did a great job. I don't think there was anyone who lacked, uh, who had a weak performance here. I mean, I, I, I don't know what to say because it was all so good. I guess maybe we can start with the things we didn't like about it because I have, I have a lot of things I loved about it. I think one of the things that just stuck out to me the most about not liking it, and it's, it's happened in several films that we've um, covered before, but. I, I, I don't know why these these things just kind of irk me. It's those little scenes. I don't remember what you called them. Cut-ins. You call them cut-ins. When um, Oppenheimer was thinking or he was closing his eyes and maybe having his little anxiety moments here or whatever. Yeah, and spe- it's Especially that first one. It looked like a... It felt like a, a thinking montage. Yes, and it's like, okay, here's some little waves. I guess if you don't know what a wave looks like, here it is. And accompanied by this weird sound or here's some exploding stars or some red lights or I don't even remember what some of the other ones were, but it was just kind of weird to me having that. Like, I don't, I don't understand the point of it besides irking me. I don't think that was his point, though. No. Yeah, they're kind of like physics onboarding videos, what you imagine, like yes. <laughs> we were talking about in Black Demon or whatever it was. You no, I, I, I'm, I'm torn between that two because part of me likes it in that it builds this narrative for us that Cillian or that Oppenheimer's working in this space that he's kind of disturbed in by the the quantum nature of just where we are you know which is very you know sartre you know it's very very existentialist yes and it's very cool and i like the sounds i like how loud it'll just fucking get all of a sudden it's very i like that yes i like the sound i didn't like um 
with those images. Yeah, and I and I I do like the images, but it's just they are kind of silly. Like they maybe could work, and I'm not I'm not sure where I would put them, but they can maybe work. But man, they make me think of Jimmy Neutron's brain blast. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. And that's a problem. That's a personal problem, of course. I'm sure a whole generation feels that too. But but they are they do they do work for me. I they maybe they just happen too often cuz there's like three or four instances of it. It's a lot. It's it is a little bit and it maybe should I feel like it didn't happen in like consistent ways. Like the first time I felt like he was just thinking and then one time later it happened when he was basically having a panic attack. Yes. And so if we could have had that happen exclusively when he was maybe have pan- having some kind of anxiety attack, that would have worked a little better. But I feel like the first one really it sets the stage for all like, all right, this is his brain blast. <laughs> kind of. Blast. You know what I'm talking about? Have, yes. you, seen, have you seen the movie? Yes. Which, Jimmy Neutron. I, I think I've seen all of them. Aren't there more than one? You didn't one? watch the show, right? No, no, no. I watched the show. You just didn't like it. I just didn't like it. Oh, okay. So, if something else was on, I, see. I, see. I would rather watch that. But if this was on, and, I see. You know, I'd, I'd still watch it. Yeah, I know the characters. I know his okay. brain blast. Okay, okay. That's kind of how I felt about Fairly Odd Parents for the most part. <gasps> I'm see. I'm the opposite. Yeah. I love Fairly and that's kind of funny because they were they somehow for some fucking reason they made them connected. I they literally it. made them connected I with several it. movies, which the movies were cool. Yeah, of course. But I don't get why those two things, you know? It would have been funny shit if we got in some alternate universe where we got a Jimmy Neutron SpongeBob thing or a Fairly Odd Parent SpongeBob thing. That would have been weird. Maybe because they were both like bullied. Maybe. And they had home lives. Is they you know, very domestic and And yeah. Bobo best friends. Yeah. Cause I guess in, in an alternate universe, maybe you could have seen Dexter's Lab and Jimmy and uh Jimmy Neutron or maybe Dexter's Lab and Fairly Odd Parents. But Jimmy Neutron or um Dexter, of course, was a Cartoon Network, though, so right. hard to do. Or maybe not today. Maybe you might see that happen today. Everybody plays ball, but but yeah, I, I I'm with you. I am. I, I'm going back and forth in those because the images themselves are very cool. You know, if you had yeah. a still of them, yeah. they look very cool. I could look at them on Google. That's what I'm saying. Like they're just just if you just freeze it, it's like okay, it's a cool image. It's like what does it add up to? It's yeah. not really anything. You know, it's just kind of. It does kind of elevate this character into that he's disturbed on a different kind of realm of physics and or in reality, and that's cool. But I feel like you, it starts to. I know Christopher Nolan's kind of criticized for spoon feeding his audience, and that this I think is that example in this movie, and that he, you know, it's forcing that onto the audience, but. If they could just back that up just a little bit, just a little bit, maybe not take it out completely, back it up a little bit, and then it's the people who truly understand what's happening with this character and what this means in physics and what this means for the world. It talks to it talks to the people who know and who have done their homework, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I uh, I'm, I'm, I am very torn on those little sections. I mean, I wish maybe they would have, you know, in the instance when he was having anxiety or panic or whatever, it, I think I almost would have liked it better if he would have just kind of shut his eyes and we were just in complete darkness, but still had those sounds. I feel like that would have resonated with me more than just laughing at silly images that mean absolutely nothing to me. 
Yeah. But when, you know, I'm having anxiety or panic or something and I kind of just want to close my eyes, but I'm still feeling how I'm feeling and it's all in your fucking head, like sounds. I don't know. I I I I, I didn't want him there. I didn't want him there. I wanted something else. So get more creative with that. Yeah, and he does when he's having that little patriotic meeting. Oh my god, I love that. It's a great bit. It was we'll, great. We'll probably bring it up here in a little bit too again, but he we get a great representation yes. of his anxiety and yes. the what this means for the rest of humanity. And we don't have any of those silly images there. There are none? I thought there I thought there might have been none. No, okay. there we have lights and blurriness and kind of alternate scenarios of the audience exploding or burning and their face melting melting off and then we have these like zoom in on people laughing zooming in on people crying like it was beautiful it was beautifully done there i needed that i needed that what you did there in the other sections but i i understand this was a big moment this was the moment where you're supposed to feel like, you know, like a shitty individual right now. So I, I, I get it, but. And it's complimented by what he's saying. You know, he's like, you know, the Japanese didn't like it. You Weesh. know, only, only if it was yeah. the Germans, you know, if we would have got it done sooner. Yeah. And it's just like, damn, you know, and it's, it's just nice and super. I mean, it's just, it's, I don't know if better contrast can happen in a film. Yes, it was awesome. That's that's where I shed a tear. That's where you shed a tear. Yes, I was like, oh my god, and everyone was just cheering, and yeah. it was it was disturbing me. I was getting so disturbed. It was awesome. It was awesome. I like films that make me feel disturbed when I'm not already at a disturbed mindset. Because then, if I'm already disturbed, oh my god, no, I don't remember what movie we watched. I think it was that Don't Look Up movie. That had uh, Jennifer Lawrence and um, Leo. It's a great and, movie. Yeah. Well, I, I was already at a weird, weird mindset there, like, you know, in my own personal life. And then watching an end of the world movie, it, it wasn't a great pair. But here, oh my God, it was it was awesome. I always appreciate movies that, you know, do their research. And I think he's good about this, especially after watching Dunkirk, I think. He's a guy, you know, Christopher Nolan is a guy who does his research. And when you have movies based off of scientific things, I feel like there's always a miss here. Um, I can't think of one at the top of my head, but... Every, uh, the theory of everything. Okay, yeah. Is it's there, not, do it's, you have an it's, example? It's more of a, uh, I guess, a, a little bit of a biopic of just going through the life of Stephen Hawking, but mm-hmm. it does kind of trivialize uh, just the whole schooling of physics and the thought on it, I think. Because it, it, it makes it fun, and physics isn't fun. It's very exhausting and time-consuming, and, you know, it makes you... it's it, You have to be committed. You're not going to be a proper physicist unless you basically ruin, not directly, but, you know, if you don't volunteer your entire being in it, you're not going to be worth much which we had a little bit of that here and i i really like that i really appreciated that um but i was gonna bring up that movie hidden figures oh that movie sucks it sucked oh my god how are you gonna do that (laughs) but anyway i really appreciate when a movie 
does science justice, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at here. Yeah. And I think this movie did a good job, but there were some bits and pieces where I was I was just not okay with some of these science things. Um, but with what you said, um, it made me think of that scene where he went to go see his friend and he's like, we need you to take our kid because we're selfish and I'm kind of committed right now to do this thing. And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, yes. and it helps build this narrative of this being much more important because yeah. it is. It's yeah. what Oppenheimer's doing is much, much more important than taking care of his own child. It's just the reality of the situation. Well, about that, I was just going to say how that didn't need to be in the film, yeah. but it was, and it gives you such a good representation of what it's like, and especially in that community. I mean, I'm not even part of that community. I just, you know, I'm a science advocate, and I'm like, I, I, I love that. But the th things I had a problem with were, um, first of all, why is no one wearing any kind of protective gear here? Yeah. Where was that at? I'm sure they had that. I bet you they didn't in the 40s. Bet N you they did not. No way, man. No way. Not even some goggles. Dude, we are... Some goggles. Goggles were invented like in the 1800s. We're like 60 years off from the... Basically the birth of modern chemistry. Oh my god. You know, this is... We are... We're 10 years away from us realizing that at the point in this movie, 10 years away from us realizing that xenon is extremely toxic. Or radium, excuse me. Realizing that radium is extremely toxic to, mm -hmm. to humans. And we were putting it in everything. Okay, yes. Okay, but you could have given, given me something here, you know? It was, I, I feel like it was maybe too laid back on some of the realism in that, that way. And I would get that because... You're trying to film a movie here. You know, you don't want anyone covering their face with a mask or anything like that. Especially after seeing Dunkirk and his lack of crime here. So he doesn't care for any of that. Any of those things that aren't going to make his movie beautiful. But who knows? I mean, I, I did try to look up when um, at least goggles were invented. And they were invented in the 1880s. 1880s? Yes. yes. So... <laughs> By the 40s, I'm sure you guys would have had some goggles. In they were life. probably invented by John Dalton. That's funny. But, okay. All right. I can get over that, you know. I'd be willing to bet it's a little more realistic than we might think. I'm with you. It just seems today a lab setting feels much more sterile. When you see like documentaries and stuff, it is a very sterile, clean-ish. Not really clean, but a very controlled uh precise kind of environment and here it looks very more very much more graduate classroom yes okay i understand that but i'm talking about when they were actually handling this material when they were assembling when they were out there in construction not wearing at least the fucking helmet you know i don't know when hard hats were invented maybe yeah. i need to do research there <laughs> that's funny yeah but you know th those Sure, yeah. S scenes, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, cuz a lot of a lot of the other stuff was very very classroom discussion kind of thing. And then there was another uh, scene where somebody's showing somebody around. I think Oppenheimer's showing somebody around and we walk by these two um they look like lab rooms. Oh yeah. And um 
Yeah, you brought wearing, this up. I they were wearing what? They're wearing uh, lab coats, so you know they're some sort of researchers. And when you walk by one of them, like they, when you walk by both of them, really, they just make them look so kind of clumsy and not like not like they're doing anything, any real science. You know, it's it was just so funny. And and one of them even looked like he was holding some kind of telescope or something backwards, like he couldn't figure it out. Oh my gosh, it was it was hilarious. But why? Yeah, I don't know. It. <laughs> I I I want to go see. I want to rewatch those those bits. Yeah. I didn't. They didn't catch my eye in that way. I have to re-see those. Yeah, they they did for me. And you know, part of me thought it was like, oh, okay. What are you what are you trying to say here about theoretical scientists versus research scientists? Huh? Like some of them are just doing nothing, wasting their time while they're important guys here or thinking about it. But I doubt it went that far. Yeah, no, I think Christopher Nolan takes things just way too serious to have fun like that, to be yeah, honest. although that would have been hilarious. I don't think Christopher Nolan is probably very funny or um, cute in that way. Although we do we do get little instances of that, but I think that's probably strictly because of the book that he read, Oppenheimer's book. Because mm-hmm. Oppenheimer obviously had a, a thing about being like, oh, no, I'm, you know, I don't have a... A practical bone in my body you know yeah and we we do get some of that when he's breaking shit in the in the lab he was in which was cute it's yeah it's oh i loved it i appreciated that yeah so part of me is like is that what you're trying to do here you're making fun of what are you make fun of <laughs> but it, it it didn't bug me it was just like made me think i guess yeah it's worth rewatch if not just for that I didn't like Josh Peck being in this. I know. I I was okay with it. Because the whole time I was waiting for him to say something, because he was like Alex Wolf, man, he was on screen for maybe five seconds. Right. He hardly had anything, but Josh Peck keep, kept popping up. I was like, okay, this guy's going to have a moment. And he did have a little moment. He flipped the switch and everything. But I. Uh, and they said a couple words, and I just I was not here for Josh Peck, man. I was not on the I was not that on was the funny. same page. I was that was funny. I saw him, and I was I made a face. I'm like, oh, why, why? Okay, I'm okay with it. Whatever, just whatever. Don't make them do something stupid, and they didn't. So yeah, that was okay. And then I didn't know immediately that what was his name Strauss. Yeah, Strauss. Um. That it was Robert Downey Jr. I couldn't tell immediately. And I'm like, oh my God, what have they done to my boy? They aged him up like crazy. They, I know. Looks awesome. I don't know how I felt about it. Yeah, I I have a inherent problem with Robert Downey Jr. Because he's one of these characters who just doesn't know how to change the fucking cadence of his voice. Like he's just, he's just Robert Downey Jr. and everything. He doesn't know how to fucking do anything else. And it, it works here fine enough. But he, he definitely suffers from that i think a little bit a lot of actors do but i think he's he has such a very specific way of talking that yeah. he 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 i feel like he kind of like kind of like uh johnny depp i think that they need to they kind of need to go that extra mile and change something about them but and he doesn't of course here but he he's i mean a great performance still other than that yeah i don't know if i completely agree with that but I might be too much of a Robert Downey Jr. fan to think of anything bad about him. How dare you? You know, 
it's just <laughs> it's just one of these things you know it's a very nitpicky thing but it is one of these things just like oh, that was robert Downey jr you know i was fine with it i liked him i i i, I love that he was in it in this movie and he was a bad guy too even better yeah uh, yeah a, a cool bad guy one thing i noticed about this film i i forgot uh watch it or i forgot going into this movie um that it was a christopher nolan movie until i saw the words that popped up it had like one like fission and then number two fusion or whatever whatever that was and he did that in dunkirk and then i'm like wait a minute is this a christopher nolan film what was it what's up with that i don't know it's they're they normally call those title cards but there's not any title cardness about this because you either use a title card and and that you introduce the title of the movie or it's chapter one two three whatever i have your section right. one two three and then we but it just like dunkirk we get them immediately back to back and it's just like um i'm not sure what the point of that is yeah yeah, I, okay. I don't know what that is. I thought I it was just me not getting what he meant by that. But no, okay. We're just not smart enough, I we're, guess. Got it. You gotta have a nine thousand IQ for <gasps> Christopher Nolan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm a failure in your title cards here. They're weird. I don't. I, okay. I'm with you. I'm totally with you. On the same page there. I'm sure almost everyone is, and anyone who says otherwise is probably, you know, the probably film bro. <laughs> Which is fine. You can be a film bro all you want, but you know, you're probably a film bro. Well, speaking about film bros, how'd you feel about our audience at the movie theater? They were obnoxious. That's the best way to put it, I think. They were obnoxious. Yes, they were. Oh my gosh. They talked too much. They 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 had too much body language going on. They were going to the bathroom too much. <laughs> <laughs> They're too much. I couldn't I did not like sitting behind these people. Yeah, I it's always an experience with people at the movie theater. That's for sure. Yeah. And how is it that when we go to see Mario with a bunch of, you know, tiny children that were well, super well behaved. Oh, my gosh. And the, and, the, and, the, and the theater's packed. And the theater was packed. And they were way better than some of these. Our Barbie experience and Oppenheimer yeah. experience. Yeah. Yeah. I got kicked in the back of the seat. At both. At both. One was by a child, which all right, you know, I'll <laughs> forgive that. Yeah. Just give a It's look. part of, it's it's it comes with the territory. Yeah, you can't get too mad at that. Yeah. You really can't. Of course. And especially when you took to your child to see Barbie, that was not a child movie. So yeah. that's your own fault for yeah. taking your kid and your kid getting fucking antsy, so he's gonna kick the back of my seat. Yeah. Alright, I can forgive that. But this movie uh full grown ass people so grown ass people stop kicking the back of people's seats unless you're like six feet tall you need to sit somewhere where you're not in anybody's way so that's all i'm gonna say about that but yeah they were very annoying they were very annoying almost as annoying as the girl <laughs> what did we go see it's one of the fantastic beast movies yeah and she was like is that snape it's like, no, bitch, shut the fuck up. Snape's not alive. <laughs> Snape was born in like... Why did you come see this film if this, you didn't know? The 70s. This movie takes funny. place in like the 30s or the 20s. <laughs> yeah, movie watching experience is always is it's always something. It is. It is. And then no subtitles always is like, oh Yes. 
I've gotten so used to subtitles. You know, I used to be a non-subtitle person, but our generation, man, is totally obsessed with subtitles. And it's just, I've had to face the music on that and that I have to just get used to it. And it was funny that uh, next to next to me, I guess, you didn't have anyone next to you when we went to see Oppenheimer, did you? I don't think so. Yeah, but next to me, there was this old couple and like probably 30 minutes before the movie was about to end, <laughs> the old uh, guy, I guess, uh, whispers to his maybe wife. I don't know. They're just an old couple there. He whispers to her and says... I think that's Robert Downey Jr. And I'm like, dude. <laughs> duh. Yeah. That was so funny. That is funny. Good makeup. Yeah. He's he it aged him up really well. Tricky. If they trick someone like that, it that's good. Cuz at, at times, yeah, it, it had a hard time. You know, they made him I could see you not recognizing that, but the, the voice, the voice. Yeah, that's oh my god. Yeah, you know for sure that it's Yeah. Him. I don't even need to see the face at all. Is this your favorite Christopher Nolan film so far? Yeah, but I don't think there's uh, much comp- competition there. I'd probably have to rewatch Interstellar to maybe compare these two, but I really like this movie. I like this movie a lot, too. I was curious about the about Cillian Murphy taking the reins here because he's he's in a lot of Christopher Nolan films. He's in Dunkirk. Who? Cillian Murphy. Oh, did you recognize him in Dunkirk? Yeah, he was that guy. The yeah, okay. Soldier they rescued, yeah. whatever. And I know he's he's just he's one of his guys. You know, he's one of Christopher Nolan's guys, and so I guess it's you know been a long time coming that when a Cillian Murphy gonna get his his big shot. Yeah. And he got he got his mega shot because you know I mean a lot of people think this is Christopher Nolan's greatest film ever made. Is it? You know, that's I mean if he's got multiple contenders, that's pretty amazing. You know. For people, that's, I mean, that's a sign of a great filmmaker, right? It's very cool. But I think he does an amazing, amazing job. Did you like the, what, what did you think about some of the, like, interrogation courtroom, but not courtroom scenes? Where they were interviewing, basically, each of, each person that was affiliated with Oppenheimer. And we had that one guy, he was like the lawyer guy of the, for the government really fucking going hard on people those were kind of a focal point of the movie yeah i mean i thought they were i thought they were good you know they were dramatic enough for me to like um i guess it did take a second to realize what was going on why he was getting interrogated and then you know the movie progressed and you're like okay so it's about his security clearance and then you find out the you know strauss dude is evil and then you're like okay oh this is what we're doing here oh got it and i liked that you know they made people come in and say what they had to say about him and you kind of know who was on his side and who was there for him but i i really loved the end or i guess not the end the last person that was interrogated his wife that was that was a nice moment right there. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. Yeah, I'd seen people talking about Emily Blunt's performance, and I was just like, up until that point, I was just like, she's hardly in the movie, and then she has that moment. I'm like, oh, that's, you know, it was really good and climatic and great, great you know, excellently performed, but it reminded me of, I think her name's Nicole Kidman in The Northman, that Robert Eggers film we watched last year. 
Yeah, I don't remember, remember the Viking her. guys and stuff. I remember the movie. I yeah. don't remember her. She's the mom. And she people were saying a similar thing about her back when that movie came out. And I was just like, the whole movie, I was just like, she's she has said like 15 words. I don't even know what's going on. And then she has that moment with her son in like the tent or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or in that little, that little room. And that's it. And people were like, greatest performance ever. I'm just like, um, <laughs> she's like not even a supporting character. I don't, she's like an ancillary, ancillary character. She's like not even in this at all. And so I'm getting kind of similar feelings here with Emily Blunt's character. Yeah, I didn't read anything about people saying that she had a great performance. I wouldn't call that a great performance. Yeah, it was just she. She had 10, time, 10 minutes of screen time. Yeah, it's kind of kind of hard to say it was a great performance it was a great supporting bit that she had going yeah, on you know it was yeah, great. yeah yeah it was very um you know almost like the him trying to give his child not give his child away but have somebody else take over his child you know showing you what it's kind of like being in the this type of community that has to basically be selfish and think of the bigger picture i guess um, it was a moment sort of like that here that no matter what, no matter the bullshit, no matter what they've been through, they've got each other's back, which was very nice. Yeah. I like their little cute code word for when things went Yeah, well or not. You can take the sheets in. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the... It's always kind of a hard thing to do, kind of like you were talking about earlier in the episode with showing the math. Yeah. It's a it's an awkward thing when capturing on camera, I think, just nature of that um, no one can fact check you or very few people can fact check you. And if you want it to look familiar in any way to a normal audience, you're going to have to do what Hidden Figures does and just make it look like, you know, make it look like the way they made it, <laughs> which, you know, um, anything quantum related is much more complicated than getting anything into space, of course. But it uh it's 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 a line to walk and it's I appreciate the the alien kinda nature, the foreign, you know, just I know a little bit about quantum mechanics, but I didn't I don't I definitely don't understand uh very much of the math behind it. I haven't studied much about that. But I uh I I, I appreciate the they just they show you it in all of its glory and and I'm willing to bet that it's it's um it's accurate because of Christopher Nolan, of course. I did notice one, there's one scene where he drew some circles, like four circles. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm talking about? It was just on chalkboard. He drew four circles and they're not really, he was talking, the four circles were kind of indicating the the management of different like Yeah, like sectors. theoretical and then the lab. and yeah. yeah. And I was, I did notice that some of the editing had two different sets of circles. So they had reshot that and drew different circles. Oh, that's funny. I did notice that. Yeah, I didn't notice that. I was like, "That's a funny oversight that I can't believe got under Chris, got past Christopher Nolan." Actually, surprise! I'm super surprised, you know, because I feel like <laughs> it's the only thing I noticed. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's tons of other little inconsistencies like that in every movie, everywhere, right? But I, um, ever since the keys from the Last of Us HBO show, I've been looking for things like that more and more because I noticed that one big time. The keys? Yeah, Joel at one point grabbed the keys on a dusty table and he dragged them like across it. And so there's a dust, like a, a clean line 
from where he dried the cle- mm-hmm. the keys at. And then when a, a, a later shot happened, there was no dust line. Oh, okay. Because but there should have been because the keys he had already grabbed the keys and dragged them across the table. Yeah. Did they sprinkle more dust all over it? I guess so. Ellie's got some dust in her pocket. <laughs> That's funny. So yeah, I've been I kind of try to keep an eye out for that kind of stuff because it's fun to to locate. Of course, it's impossible to get all that stuff out, you know, Cause, especially because if it, if you have a better shot at the cost, of, if you have a better take at the cost of a little in- inconsistency like that, it's definitely fucking worth it. Yeah, for so. for sure. <laughs> especially if you're done shooting you know it's like oh are we gonna you know spend a million dollars more two million dollars more to get this out no no sir what did you think about the bomb it coming together literally coming together very cool back and forth right we had with that when they're pe- you know when they're piecing it together and the explosion itself what did you think about that and their whole setup and everything that was fucking awesome i mean it was one of the coolest sections in a movie little sequences i've ever seen in a movie i think i thought it was really fucking cool yes it was really cool it was very well done it was it was built up really well first of all and then you have things like the weather kind of interfering with it and you don't know if it's gonna happen you don't know what's gonna happen you're just as confused and frustrated as they are you're like are they gonna set this off in the rain is that gonna matter (laughs) what's it gonna affect you oh my god and i mean it was just awesome i love that when it exploded everything was silent and we just heard him breathing i loved it and then there was a fucking bomb explosion and it made me jump for sure. Even though I knew it was coming. I guess I didn't know it was coming here. I guess for some reason I thought that we would see the bomb drop at Hiroshima. But it makes sense that we didn't. I really like that we didn't get any of that. I really like that. It would not have fit for the perspective here. Yeah. But, yeah. but when we heard the bomb go off at you know the Trinity. Los right? Alamos. Los Alamos, yeah, I guess it was the Trinity test. That's what they called it. Um, it was awesome. It was awesome. And I guess that's the bomb everyone's been saying they've been hearing at the Barbie movie or whatever. Oh. I <laughs> that's so stupid. I didn't know that. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, you can hear the bomb explode when you're watching Barbie. I was like, you could, because I didn't, but okay. That's funny. Yeah, I don't remember hearing that. <laughs> Maybe we sat at a screen where it was... Was it next to? It? Yeah, it wasn't next. Kept to them on different sides something. of the the theater. Because we did go to the screen one, which is not all like next to each other like the other ones. So maybe, maybe. But yeah, that was very, very, very well done. I liked how each of the scientists had their own way to accommodate for the UV um light that they were about to get how uh teller put on sunscreen and the guy in his car was like no i'm good i'm gonna wash it glass yeah through the windshield and they're like okay all right you sure about that cool dude all right and you know everyone else was wearing goggles some people had that little sheet card thingy whatever that was polarized kind of yeah um so that was cool that was cool very uh very detailed yeah appreciate that yeah and 
every inch was like highly produced too. Like all the mattresses and them sitting out and then the thing they get it the little thing they made inside of a hill to hide in and stuff very fucking cool and then all the switches and gadgets and consoles and everything very cool was where josh mm-hmm. peck had his time to shine yeah and it was is very fucking cool and then we get to see you know close-ups on Cillian, oppenheimer looking out the window and stuff and it was, it was awesome it was awesome so awesome and i went that one of my favorite parts of the movie that's just kind of it's a small part it's a important part but small part as far as like the movie goes i uh, sort of small i guess he gets kind of interrogated about it but his resistance to like an h-bomb that teller one of them yeah. investigate and because he knew of just whether or not that was possible or not just the consequences that come right. with that and it's just i mean it's just the most haunting thing that you could ever really have to face you know and telling someone telling a fellow you know scientist one of the greatest in the world know about exploring uncharted territory but you know because of what it means what it means for you know the sake of the world or what it could mean i guess well and now we know does i guess but it's just it's so crazy it just makes you i mean i think it makes me sick to my stomach no of course it's i think he did a great job making you battle that seeing that battle between science and what's good for humanity you know that remorse of what has happened but we discovered this awesome awesome thing you know awesome in the sense of we know what it does now we know the consequences and that's that's always so cool because you know these are theoretical people also so seeing their theories play out i imagine is one of the coolest things in the world for them but then you have these consequences so it's and at the same time but you have the or i i mean yes at the same time you have the the arms race too because if it's not yeah, Oppenheimer. If it's not the U.S., it's gonna it's be gonna be else. someone else. Yep. it's gonna be Russia. It's gonna be Japan. It's gonna be China. You know. Yep. And it's not even a question. I mean, it's, it is and it isn't. But it's not even really a question of like who can do it the safest and who can scare the other person out of, you know, the the race. It's because it's just it's just too catastrophic to really put in a such a trivial sense that it's just an arms race right it's this you know it's a weapon of mass destruction it's it's it happened way before we were alive right it's almost 100 years old i guess it's about 80 to the mark but it's just one of the most it's i mean it's the most disgusting thing to ever happen to ever be invented but it's also at the same time the most awesome literally like you said yes and it's and I, 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 I was, I didn't think they would show the bombing of Japan, but I was, of course, curious if we were going to like see it on the news. I don't know if it was Something, reported yeah. in any high fidelity way anyways, but it, um, I'm glad we didn't. And I'm glad we only got to see the aftermath basically of Sillian's, yeah. of Oppenheimer's kind of just dis- disgust because it, he was disgusted pretty much after the first act, you know, he was very excited and seeing the possibilities and stuff of what this could mean and but realizing that it's 
you know, it literally, I mean, they played with it. It could literally mean the end of the world. You know, it's, it's really, I, I, I it's really cool. That's not, I don't want to say it like that, but it is really cool. That they didn't show the bombing of Japan. And I know we get a little like screams of like people in Japan or just, I mean, screams or what, you know, just people dying, whether they're Japan or not, but like in his head, they're from yeah. Japan and during the patriotic talk and stuff. It's just, it's awesome. It's awesome. I mean, that, that just kind of solidified. It's, it's a funny, this movie's a funny balance of like anti-war and like high drama, or I guess low drama, what they call it. Low drama kind of conspiratorial shit and setup, like trying to, what was, so what was Strauss's gain in this? His what? His gain. His gain? Why was he trying to take down Oppenheimer? Because he got, he got told. He got embarrassed about his isotopes. I don't know. If I came up with something really awesome in the scientific community and then I was wrong, I would be slightly embarrassed. I, I don't know if I'd go that far as to take someone down. Holy crap, dude. You know, you learn some, you gain some, you, you're going to be wrong. Someone's going to outsmart you. Is Strauss a scientist? I thought so. This might be a blonde moment. No offense to the blondes out there. I did like that little slight that was made by maybe Teller, who told Oppenheimer that he was a politician now, not a scientist. Okay, so it looked like Strauss did plan to study, and I think we did get that in the movie. And, you know, he just knows about it, but okay. he didn't um, go through the schooling. And I think Oppenheimer said, why haven't you done that already? You know the stuff. So he's, I would say that's a scientist, if you know the stuff. You don't have, you don't have to have a, you don't have to have the degree for it if you know what you're talking about. So, I don't know. But yeah, that was a great um was a great bit. He's like, "Take that uniform off. You look ridiculous." <laughs> and he did. He took it off. There were so many small cute, not cute in the sense of, "Oh, but just I guess cute to me scenes I really appreciated, things I really appreciated in this movie." Uh like when um teller basically told the um who were they what were they called the people that were interrogating it was basically some kind of body f to represent the u.s to see if he's um a terrorist right yeah but were they somebody specific um i'm not sure like the body they're representing yeah like yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, well, anyway, when they were interrogating him and he was like, "Well, no, I don't think I I don't think he was looking out for the US or whatever he said about him, but then he shook his hand and his wife was like, "Why did you shake his hand, you idiot? Like you need to stand up for yourself, blah blah blah." And then at the end, years later when he was getting this award and his wife didn't shake his hand. I love that. That was yeah, so good. That was good. She was like, uh -huh, no, he might shake your hand, but I'm not shaking your fucking hand, which is funny because I think it'd be something I do. Nah. I think it'd be something we would do. I think you would be like, nah, man, it's, you know, it is what it is. It's good. Let's shake hands. And I'm like, nah, bitch, I remember when you didn't <laughs> shake his hand. I'm not shaking your hand. <laughs> it was good. It's funny. What do you think about the mole? The, the, the rat, the Russian oh, spy? Oh, yeah. I didn't catch that i didn't catch that he was the one that was doing it did you did you know um i didn't it wasn't obvious he was my only suspect 
right. but he but it wasn't obvious to me i was just like i'm not sure but i feel like this is the only guy who it could be you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i was like i don't know but i don't care because i was thinking um because the only other major suspect uh, potentially i think could be teller but teller is like he's like interested in the h-bomb yeah h-bomb is thing. that's yeah that's that was his own thing. Like, right, we we know the H bomb plays a bigger role in in human history. Shortly after this, mm-hmm. and so he obviously can't be the 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 rat the the spy. So, it, yeah, left me with with that guy because yeah. he, he looked like he would be a spy. To be honest, his glasses, his, <laughs> his glasses, his receding hairline. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious! Yeah, I. Honestly, honestly, I wasn't too interested in that part of the, it's like, okay, there's a rat. All right. Yeah. I'm sure we'll know who it is later. He ha- It has no consequences. He already gave what they needed. Yeah. I don't really care to know who it was. It's not, it really isn't, it's funny to say, I think, but it's really not a big deal, at least f- as far as the movie goes, because it just, it just is another cog in this and it helps build this, this drama around the urgency to build this thing yeah and so it's not that important because like oppenheimer said that there's it's 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 not unlikely to believe that there wasn't a spy anyways right russia's got some great physicists yeah at the time and now and so it's you know i it's it's just a little it's a funny little american hysteria coming out but it just turned out to be kind of true <laughs> which is always good which is all and yeah. as far as uh movies go it's always good yeah i i i i do not have a favorite part because it's a lot of great things happening it was a lot of great things happening i love i guess on top of that i love american hysteria towards russia i love that america has this 100 year old uncertainty and uncomfortableness with russia i love it we still have that oh yeah we have it more now than we've probably had in the last 30 years our generation does that's i guess that's that was is it a dying generation maybe i i don't know i it's definitely not the same yeah it's definitely a dying thing because these old people are becoming older dying of course right not because it's fading but i think the concern probably is starting to lean more into china nowadays because i think people are becoming more and more uncertain about what their motives are and them buying and then many of the corporations buying up western organizations and and then of course saudi arabia is probably the first concern in a lot of people's mind with them trying to whitewash and sport wash a lot of their i shouldn't say really whitewash or sport wash but like try to play ball with western organizations and that you know, they. I don't know if you heard about the Live PGA merger, but the U.S. isn't going to let that happen, which is just kind of crazy because that's that's not as far as monies are concerned, it's not as big of a deal as like the the Microsoft Activision thing, but it maybe in some minds helps that letting that happen lets maybe people think that Saudi Arabia is not unlike the West that they're just one of us, and when that's just not true. We, you know, we got to, at one point, we got, at some point we need to not, we can't pretend. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard about the Live PGA merger. No. There, Those are golfing organizations. Okay. And uh, about a year ago, they tried to basically buy all the PGA players 
And a lot of them were like, no, you know, they make enough money that they can afford to say no, you know, to, you know, twice, three times the pay rate. Because, you know, they're already many, many times over millionaires, right? And so mm-hmm. they can they can afford to say, no, we're good. We don't need $90 million. I'm happy with my $30 million. And, uh, but, and then we got a lot of these players who said no. And now it's a lot of them. It's kind of a weird, dramatic thing, right? Because a lot of them said no, but now Liv and PGA are trying to merge. And they could have cashed out early on and, you know, whole, that whole thing. But it looks like it's not going to happen. Unless I, something's already happened that I'm not paying attention to. But, the yeah, the Russian hysteria definitely lives on in our older generations for sure. Yeah, that's what I thought. I didn't think it was our generation. I think it it might still if we were a little more connected to what's happening in the world. But the U.S. is so decoupled from what world affairs, I think. Yeah, I definitely agree. Which is something that's going to come to a head at some point in some way, won't it? It always does. I don't know what that means. But yeah, I do love seeing that in film because it's so weird. Because you, you hear about the reality of it too, you know? Especially if you have older parents or older people in your life where they just say things about just not trusting Russia. It's just like, what exactly is that? Where does that come from? Well, we know where it comes from, I guess. But like, it's just crazy that that could have, that that was like, we had like this anti-patriotism towards Russia. You know, it was like the op- total opposite if that makes sense xenophobia basically straight up we yeah f- i i don't think i've had that happen personally i've definitely heard it more towards you know mexicans or even black people i guess but not in the africa way just you know more hate towards blacks or yeah just petty racism yeah or mexicans of- immigrating here from you know we're so close i guess but not really about russians I've only really seen that on TV. Haven't had anything personal, anyone say anything. So I thought that was just kind of a TV thing. That makes sense. We're so, we're, to- I mean, our government likes to pretend that Mexico's a fucking problem. <laughs> or at least people, a lot, a lot of people here like to pretend it is. We're not being, you know, Mexico's not invading the US right now like Russia's, Ukraine. Not that we should be involved, of course, but that's a little suspect. At the very least, right? <laughs> a country invading another country. It's a little suspect. Just the concept of it. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about the the timeline skips? The timeline hopping around and stuff. Was it a problem at all here? No. I don't think it was a problem here. I think they did a great job with either making it black or white or, um, you know, maybe aging them. Yeah. You know, when he had gray hair. You know, when he had wrinkles. You know, you know they, they did a good job here. It's... It's not hard to do it when it's such a big time skip. You know, we know when he's in school. We know when he's in at university. We know when he's old as fuck and receiving a medal. I didn't have a problem with it. Yeah. Makes more sense here than something like Dunkirk. That's all happening like in the same day. Yes. So, yeah, that makes more sense contextually. What do you think about the whole Oppenheimer-Einstein interactions? Those are going to be big focal points for a lot of people because, you know, they're iconic figures in science history. I mean, they were cool. In what in what way? Just in whatever way comes to mind. You know, we had a real big, we had a real, we had the philosophical kind of moment happen with them too when they were, when we finally got to see what they said at the, the pond. 
yeah i guess it was funny it was it was funny first of all that strauss was like what did he tell him about me and the other guy was like dude they were they were probably they were probably not even talking about you yeah. and he's like huh no no way yeah and then we find out what they really said and they're like oh shit they were definitely not talking about you dude we're talking bigger, about much, much bigger problems. Yeah, there's bigger fish to fry. Like, the problems are so big, they went over everyone's head on how big they were. Yeah, and that gets repeated throughout, doesn't it? Yeah. I hope that point doesn't go over people's heads who see the film, much to like, much like Barbie, where I think she's making, where Greta Gerwig is definitely making fun of women. I hope the gun barrel we've kind of shoved down our throats doesn't go kind of understated when people go and see this film about how how big you know how big of a deal it is i don't i i don't think there's a i don't think you could probably argue there's a bigger deal to ever happen other than the later invented h-bomb which is just and i'm sure other nuclear bombs that have been you know iterated on that are even bigger and how how that in itself is just a problem the existence of them i have a feeling it did go over a lot of people's head because we're not at war now no one's throwing bombs around no one's threatening me personally you know no one's calling me or texting me no one's putting it on the news that we're gonna you know there's like something's gonna happen to me and you just sat through three hours of this film and hopefully god hopefully you know that this is what it's trying to say throughout the whole film since it begins at least maybe not act one but act two and onward hopefully you know that this is what is going through not only oppenheimer's mind christopher nolan's mind but what should be going through your mind hopefully it doesn't take that end conversation with him and Einstein and you know it's them saying what they say and then we have this view of the world catching on fire hopefully it doesn't come <laughs> yeah. to this it's a great image though yeah hopefully you're thinking about it already yeah. but then if you weren't and at the end of three hours you're probably not going to you're like oh okay all right big moment cool L- let me go home let me go do what I need to do let me go pee let me go <laughs> You know, yeah. so I, I also don't have a lot of faith in people. You know, I would love to say that everyone who watched this film is now very motivated and passionate about peace, peace, and finger figuring out what's going on, not only in the world, but what are people up to? What are people inventing nowadays? What, where's what? And then especially with you know. All the alien shit coming out. I was about to ask you something about that. Yeah. What? What? You know what? What is happening? What is going on? Let me get educated. What do you think about aliens becoming a very relevant and like acclaimed kind of thing right after we start dropping bombs? Right after we start dropping atomic bombs, aliens all of a sudden are a big focal point of human history. With the Roswell incident, all these things started unfolding. Like, like it's like almost when aliens understood and saw that we had the power to split an atom, they are interested in us. And now, 
we we are just totally like fucking just inundated in in alien shit today in whatever form that is and all the cubes and weird pill shaped things that we see move through the water and over cow fields and whatnot and just like weird ass shit that's mm-hmm. that's gone on the record the US record of being unexplainable it's weird isn't it it's eerie it's a big theory that after we were after we dropped the bomb in Los Alamos that we kind of triggered the interest in another species i wouldn't be surprised i mean that's a lot of power that's that's crazy that's the first time something like that has ever happened from, the- if it from some of the planets that we study exoplanets if a nuclear bomb went off facing us we would be able to see it that's how much power went out and so that another species from somewhere else could potentially have seen it that's all I can say is that's eerie. That's freaky. It makes sense. It makes sense. And just kind of hard to think about, really. It's almost like it's too, too, I don't want to say too real, but just not in my day to day. You know, I'm I'm worried about waking up in the morning, going to work. I'm worried about filling up my gas and hopefully no one's going to steal my purse. You know, I'm worried. <laughs> yeah. I'm worried about these day-to-day things that it's so hard to be worried about if there's aliens out there. Like, I don't know if there's aliens out there, but I'm just trying to make it to the next day here. I'm trying not to have, you know, a panic attack. I'm trying to take my medicine, trying to get healthy, go to the gym. But sometimes you got to fucking put all that aside and just educate yourself. Yeah. Because who cares about the fucking gym if they invade us? (laughs) I think we have every reason to believe that they, if we have been visited by aliens, that they are, by every intention, very peaceful. Yeah, I mean, we haven't gotten invaded so far. But if we keep coming up with shit, who knows? Yeah, or at least as far as we know, we haven't been, we haven't been visited. Yeah, I don't know. Because what happens if we're introduced to a, a species, an intergalactic species that shows us technology where we don't have to have any kind of we don't have to provide in any way we don't need food because we can have through this technology we can have infinite food we don't need power because through this technology we can have infinite power it's going to jeopardize our entire society and then what happens to all the uh, cultures surrounded by or have the core of religion yeah i think we need to start another podcast to answer that well thank you guys for listening to this episode of the filmsteins Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that's a wrap for today's episode of The Film of Steins. Thanks for tuning in and joining us on our cinematic journey. We hope you enjoyed our discussion and gained some new insights and perspectives on the world of movies. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform, especially Patreon at patreon.com slash and follow us on social media for more film-related content. We love hearing from our listeners, so if you have any feedback, suggestions, movie recommendations or book recommendations please feel free to reach out to us until next time keep watching and keep loving the magic of movies this is the film of steins signing off